Hello, faithful listener. You have tuned in to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hey, and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, bringing you another episode today out of the book of Numbers. So for those of you who are new, I do an Old Testament episode on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I read out of the New Testament and talk about the New Testament on those two days. But uh, if excuse me if you hear some thunder in the background. I'm actually um, in the middle of a thunderstorm right now. <laughs> <laughs> and my dog is under my desk, uh, shivering. He's literally at my feet, shivering. So yeah, pretty cute, but also I feel kind of bad for him because he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get that the thunder is uh, not that scary, but he doesn't like it. So okay, let's talk about Numbers chapter 3, verses 14 through 39 today. I'm going to actually read this all in one go. And I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. So sit back and relax as I read Numbers chapter 3, 14 through 39 to you today. Yahweh spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Count the children of Levi by their father's houses, by their families. You shall count every male from a month old and upward. Moses counted them according to Yahweh's word as he commanded. These were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. These are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shimei. The sons of Kohath by their families, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uzil. The sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to their fathers' houses. Of Gershon was the family of the Libnites, and the family of the Shimeites. These are the families of the Gershonites. Those who were counted of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, even those who were counted of them were 7,500. The families of the Gershonites shall encamp behind the tabernacle westward. Eliasaph, the son of Lael, shall be the prince of the father's house of the Gershonites. The duty of the sons of Gershon in the tent of meeting shall be the tabernacle, the tent, its covering, the screen for the door of the tent of meeting, the hangings of the court, the screen for the door of the court, which is by the tabernacle and around the altar, and its cords for all of its service. Of Kohath was the family of the Amramites, the family of the Izharites, and the family of the Hebronites, and the family of the Uzielites. These are the families of the Kohathites. According to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, there were 8,600 keeping the requirements of the sanctuary. The families of the sons of Kohath shall encamp on the south side of the tabernacle. The prince of the father's house of the families of the Kohathites shall be Elizaphan, the son of Uziel. Their duty shall be the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the vessels of the sanctuary which they minister, the screen, and all of its service. Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be prince of the princes of Levites, with the oversight of those who keep the requirements of the sanctuary. Of Merari was the family of the Malites and the families of the Mushites. These are the families of Merari. Those who were counted of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward were 6,200. The prince of the father's house of the families of Merari was Zuriel, the son of Abihail. They shall encamp on the north side of the tabernacle. The appointed duty of the sons of Merari shall be the tabernacle's boards, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, and all of its instruments, all its service, the pillars of the court around it, their sockets, their pins, and their cords. 
Those who encamp before the tabernacle eastward in front of the tent of meeting toward the sunrise shall be Moses with Aaron and his sons, keeping the requirements of the sanctuary for the duty of the children of Israel. The outsider who comes near shall be put to death. All who were counted of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron counted at the commandment of Yahweh by their families, all the males from a month old and upward were 22,000. Well, there's a lot going on there and a lot of names that I do not know how to pronounce. So forgive me for anybody that uh, understands like more grammatically correct Hebrew and was just like cringing at the way I was pronouncing some of these names. I apologize to you personally. So in verse 14, God continues to speak to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. And so then he starts asking Moses to count the children of Levi by their father's houses and by their families. So then it goes into what each individual family is of the Levites. But the main ones that are really important is actually in verse 17, which are Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So the tribe of Levi was broken up almost into smaller tribes based upon the names of the families or the bigger families that uh, were part of the tribe of Levi. So Gershon, Kohath, and Merari were the three different mini tribes within the tribe of Levi, if that makes sense. And God was asking Moses at this point in time to actually count the Levites. In the previous chapter, God actually told Moses, do not count the Levites because the Levites were not supposed to go out to war. The Levites were not supposed to be counted among the warriors. But now God is telling Moses, hey, it's okay to go count the Levites because the warrior portion is over with. And so since the warrior portion is over with, they can be counted so that they can encamp around the tabernacle and start performing the duties of the tabernacle. And also the Levites would be... Um, they weren't warriors, but if a stranger came near, it was their job to kill that person. If, say, an enemy got too close to the tabernacle, then the Levites, yes, could in fact fight. But for the most part, that was left up to the circle around the tabernacle, the big outer circle with all the tribes set up in their various locations, like we talked about the other day last week. But the Levites were supposed to form the inner circle like basically surrounding the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the very, very middle. Then the Levites surrounded that to protect it and take care of it. And the tabernacle was a moving thing. So as the tribes moved, the tabernacle would move with them. So one thing I'm curious about is where the families stayed. And I would guess they stayed somewhere between the Levites and the outer circle. I would guess the um, women and children were allowed to stay there. But don't quote me on that because I don't actually know. But I would guess that was where the women and children would be allowed to stay. But like I said, it's not mentioned in scripture where they stayed. But that would be my most obvious guess. Because there was a pretty good distance in fact, God said to encamp at a distance. So there is a good distance between the outer circle and the Levite circle in the middle. There's a pretty decent distance. So possibly the families could camp also um, protected within that circle, but not anywhere near the Levites. But I don't know. I, I truly don't know where they would be uh, camped. But anyway, going back to the Levites, 
God now has Moses count them because now they're being counted for a different purpose, not to go out to war, but to take care of the tabernacle. So the three families, once again, were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari that made up the Levites clan. So the Gershonites were the first um, mini clan that were mentioned. And I actually drew a little graph here. So let me get to it. Uh, to help myself here. Okay, so the Gershonites would be behind the tabernacle. They were supposed to camp on the west side of the tabernacle, which would be behind it because the tabernacle faced east. So the Gershonites were supposed to take care of the tabernacle tent, the coverings, the screens, the hangings, and the cords. So basically all the like coverings of the tabernacle, the Gershonites were supposed to take care of. So if if there was a rip in one of them, they would repair it and then also take it down and carry it to the different locations. So that's what the Levites were supposed to do is take care of all the coverings for the tabernacle. And I mean, we we went into the, the coverings of the tabernacle. There's like three different outer coverings, lots of leather, and then the cords and the different things. That's what the Gershonites were supposed to take care of. So then we talk about the Kohathites, which I had a really hard time pronouncing that. Kohathites. It says that the Kohathites were supposed to camp at the south side of the tabernacle. And the Kohathites would take care of all of the furniture, but also one of the screens. I can't remember which screen. What what does it say here? It says that uh, their their duty will be um, lampstand, altar, vessels, sanctuary, uh, the screen, and all of its service. I guess it would just be the main screen. So they were supposed to take care of all the furniture, and then it looks like the main screen. And they were supposed to service it, make sure it functioned properly, and just do all that good stuff. But in verse 32, it actually says that Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, shall be prince of the princes of the Levites. So Eliezer was actually the one that was supposed to be the prince of all of the Levites. So it's kind of interesting that God chose one of Aaron's sons, one of the priests, to uh, be prince over the Levites. And he was supposed to oversee the Levites to make sure that they were taking care of everything properly. So there was organization put into place here for uh, the Levite clan. After this, God talks about Merari, the the last mini clan of the Levite clans. Once again, Gershon, Kohath, and then Merari was the last one. So the Merari family was supposed to camp on the north side of the tabernacle and the Merari family would take care of the structure of the tabernacle. So all the beams and the posts and basically all that stuff, the Merari family took care of it, serviced it and set it up. So they were the people that would do all of that stuff. So then the one thing that I questioned when I was reading this, I'm like, well, that's only three mini tribes of the tribe of Levi. So who was going to camp around like how that doesn't fill the circle you know because we have somebody on the north side the south side and the west side but who's going to camp on the east side well god took care of that he says that on the east side which is facing the tabernacle the people who are going to camp there is actually moses and aaron and his sons were supposed to camp on the east side of the tabernacle so the tabernacle was facing moses aaron and Aaron's sons. They were supposed to oversee everything. Eliezer, uh, the one that was supposed to be the prince, he was the head organizer, I guess, but Aaron was the high priest, and basically what Aaron said 
went because he was supposed to interpret God's word. And same with Moses. Moses and Aaron together were supposed to interpret God's plans and God's word. So the high priest and Moses had a very important function for the Levite clan as well. But the last thing that they are specifically mentioned that they are supposed to do, it says in verse 38, the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. So Aaron and Moses as the leaders are the ones who are supposed to put the outsider who came near to death because it's specifically mentioned for Aaron and Moses, though it is mentioned for the entire Levite clan. And I would guess the Levites would have to do it. It's interesting to me that God says that the leaders were supposed to put these guys to death. And you would often think as a leader uh, would not want to get his hands dirty. But God is saying, no, like anybody who comes near needs to be put to death. If they're going to uh, trample all over the tabernacle and uh, destroy it and profane it in some way, then they need to be put to death is what God says. And Moses and Aaron and the priests were the ones that were supposed to do that. And we do see a story of that later on. And we'll talk about that story in a while where a Jewish man took a Gentile woman and uh, took her into the tabernacle. And I believe it was Eliezer went in there and uh, stabbed that man and that woman together. But it says in verse 39 to conclude, all who are counted of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron counted at the commandment of Yahweh by their families and all the males from a month old and upward were 22,000. So there were 22,000 Levite men that were surrounding the tabernacle to take care of it. And really all of this is just very structured. It's very organized. And God was putting in place organization for his people to make sure that they were functioning properly and that they had a schedule going on, you know? And for me, I am not a very organized person. And so when I see that God is like a God of organization and he like sets people up in specific locations and like does all this organizational stuff, I feel super, super guilty sometimes because I am so disorganized. <laughs> and I know for me personally, it can turn into a sin sometimes because I can get very um, comfortable in my laziness. In fact, I struggle pretty badly with laziness. I would say that that's one of my biggest sin struggles is, is laziness. And that was something my mom used to tell me when I was a kid as well. If you heard her on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you might remember her saying that I would not do my best during school. And I um, told her on the podcast, I'm like, yeah, right. I did my best. But if I'm being 100% honest, I was pretty lazy. <laughs> I don't know how my mom dealt with me sometimes. I was really lazy. And I still still struggle to this day with uh, getting off my butt and going and doing what needs to be done. Like sometimes I am not done with a podcast episode until midnight and I have to air it that next morning because I don't have a good structured organizational thing going on. So then when I read stuff like this and I see God being organized, it makes me want to do better. It makes me want to get off my butt and do better because if God appreciates organization, then I should as well. And so that's what's speaking to me really about this entire thing is just the the amount of organization that would go into this in order to accomplish something great for God's kingdom. 
Well, everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate all of you guys so much. And you know what? Go over to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash P40 Ministries, and just like it and become part of the community over there. One thing I can promise you guys is that I will very rarely air my opinions about stuff. And so I try to give everybody a break from the common stuff you see on Facebook, which is just... Um, anger over political stuff or anger over this or that or anything else, current events. I try to give you guys a break and just bring you some interesting content at times or talk about what's happening at P40 or maybe just do like a mini micro blog about something going on. I don't know. But that's typically what I do over on the Facebook page and you can also get into contact with me over there as well. So it might be worth it for you to go over and like the P40 Ministries Facebook page. But friends and faithful listeners, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Luke. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,